0: Hello, and welcome to the Move Better at Home podcast, where I, Laura Turner, a physical therapist and strength coach, talk about home fitness solutions to help you move easier, improve your fitness, and enhance how you move throughout your entire life. Now let's get on to the show. Good. Uh, welcome back to the Move Better at Home podcast. Hello, everybody. Today, I have with me Sunil uh, Godsey. Um, who is the author of the book, Gut and um, Succeed Faster.
1: Yeah, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. Right.
0: Fail, fa- oh, fail Fast, Succeed Faster.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: well, I like that title. Um, he's been on a TED Talk, um, and which I think is intriguing, and um, has all intu- intuitionology podcast. That's right. Uh, and he's an entrepreneur, and I'm very excited to talk with you today and learn more about uh, intuition intuition that's a hard one to say yes. <laughs> Intuitionology. yeah absolutely thank, thank you for joining me um so tell me a little bit about your journey and um what how what brought you to where you're at today
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for inviting me and uh, happy to uh, educate the listeners on this thing called intuition that we keep talking about, uh, which is actually quite a lot more complex than we really, really think. Uh, and I just happen to be that kind of a nerd that likes to open up the hood when it comes to a car uh, and take a look under. Um, but uh, yeah, so founder and CEO of Intuitionology, uh, Intuitionology Incorporated, and just really take, taking a deep dive into understanding how intuition really is, wh- why we kind of ignore it um and how it functions um and then when we what happens when we don't ignore uh, when we ignore intuition is that we start making bad decisions and that's when we start to waste time and uh, the whole purpose of what I'm trying to do is to get people to understand their intuitive capabilities and we'll dive deep today into the science of it and how it really actually sends you these what I'll call signals to help you make the right decision so that you stop wasting time and then when you do every single decision is the right one in whatever situation that you face
0: That's awesome. Um, So what got you started diving into like, listening to like, how how did you start listening to nutrition? Because I think we all kind of have that gut feeling. Yeah. But we're like, Oh, yeah, we're just gonna just blow that off. And like, so how did you start to
1: yeah, so so the interest that I had actually really started from my first book, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, and the premise of that book was really to uh, to say to, to really illustrate that if you were to learn from the lessons of others, and these were executives and entrepreneurs, then uh, you don't repeat those failures or mistakes. Then you should be able to succeed faster. And so it was a, an illustration, sort of an entrepreneurial journey of what you shouldn't be doing, uh, and that's obviously going to help your business grow from start to basically expansion. And one of the things I used to keep getting when I used to speak on stages around the world on this book was Sunil, give me the one thing that's going to help me succeed. So I used to say, okay, this, I don't have a PDF here. I have a whole 400 page book. If it was one thing I'd be passing around, not even eight and a half by 11, it'd be a nice cue card, Uh, you know? And so, uh, and so what I did was I, I I just sort of said, no, I mean, there's not really one thing until I went back to the audio recordings. And when I went, went back to the audio recordings 80 80 to 90% of those business executives or entrepreneurs use some form of, I knew what decision I should have made, but I didn't, or I should have trusted my intuition, I should have trusted my gut, some form of that language. And I said, wow, this is so interesting. I never even caught that. And so when I started thinking, well, okay, so when did intuition affect my life? And so when I look back, uh, I remember distinctly remember when I was five years old, uh, there were these video games that my dad uh, said I couldn't have because they were expensive. And, um, this, this just didn't sit well with me. And there was this distinct voice that told me, Sunil go door to door to raise money. And that's exactly what I did. I went door to door, lots of milk and cookies, <laughs> uh, and I raised $200, hundred dollars and 20 to my dad for the video games. The other hundred dollars went to charity, uh, which my school was doing at the time. It was really, and I felt good. And, and so that was my first brush with intuition. And, and at that time, I just knew that this, that I just knew it as a voice. And then when I reflected back on the times where I ignored my intuition it was very clear that like the one one piece was like as a South Asian male, um, there's there's four career doors you can go through. It's going to be doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. That's it. Uh, and so I picked door number three, which was engineering. My dad was an engineer, and even though my something was telling me that I was meant to be an entrepreneur, I was meant for something else. Uh, I went into engineering, and I really didn't like the career. Uh, and so in year two of that career, I ended up getting a chance to become a part time investor. For a Mexican restaurant chain that came up to Canada. And really soon enough, I was making five times more in dividends with that rec- restaurant chain than I was as a full time engineer. And so in year three, I quit engineering uh, to follow my the something that was telling me to be an entrepreneur. I lost my relationship with my dad, which was had to happen. Uh, and I didn't speak to him for many years after that. But I was doing something I love. And I had five or six businesses later, uh, totaled about $20 million in revenues, um, and then ended up becoming a management consultant. Um, and in consulting, I had this huge contract down in Silicon Valley. Uh, and it was amazing. And yet the contract terms start changing. They started to change. And again, this something was telling me that I should back off. But I was so emotionally involved with this uh, size of the contract that I spent every single penny to go down to the U.S. And that company didn't pay me. And I came back to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. And perhaps the most devastating uh, was when I was in engineering, um, when I was taking university, I was doing some personal coaching at the time and I had a friend reach out to me and she was being stalked by someone and she needed my advice. And so, again, something was telling me to meet with her that afternoon and for some reason I said, ah, you know what, let's meet a couple of days later. And the very next day, uh, that stalker walked up to her to at a bus shelter and put a bullet through her head.
0: Oh.
1: And now I was, I've lost time, money effort, and now a good friend, uh, because I ignored this thing called intuition and I really needed to take a deep dive to figure out what is this thing called intuition. And so at the time, when I was doing some online research, a lot of it came from like voices from God, manifestation, meditation, that kind of stuff. And I respect those people that see intuition as that, but that didn't resonate with me. I didn't know why. It just wasn't a definition that really hit me. I went online to some dictionaries. and It just didn't speak to me. I think they talked around intuition. Um, and so I remember these signals, uh, like these somethings that were telling me were kind of described as signals uh, from an intuitive uh, international psychic, an intuitive channeler. So I went and uh, I went to get her interview. Uh, and she's talked about en- intuition being from an energetic perspective, uh, that there re- there's little to no research and we just have to kind of change our belief systems. Um, and so the energy part I understood. And so what back in the engineering days, if you look at s- something like steel, for example, Steel has like a mass-like property and it has like energetic or wave-like properties. So I kind of understood intuition as sort of this art and science blend for me. That really fit. Uh, And so the art part were these signals that this intuitive uh, Chandler was talking about. But the science part was really kind of that question mark for me. And she was saying that there was no science. And I said, well, how can that be? Like if I experienced it and the majority of the people in my book experienced it, like why is there no science behind this? And so I said, okay, who in my network can I talk to that, that can give me that explanation of science? There was this neurologist that I reached out to. And so I ended up taking a film crew there and I wasn't expecting much. I was just expecting him to kind of hum and haw and talk around it. That turned on the camera and said, does intuition exist? And first thing he says, is it absolutely exists. He goes into a scientific explanation of how the neurons work in the gut and the brain, how they're tied um, he was saying it's subconscious in nature. He uses it for his patients. Uh, and I was like, God, my jaw was just dropping. And then he also says that more and more research is showing that it, it it actually hits us much earlier than we're consciously aware of it. And that really piqued my interest. So now I go to an uh, an academic database to try and type in the word intuition and see what's going to come up. And I'm expecting maybe, you know, what, 12, 13, 14 articles, tens of thousands of articles on intuition unbelievable. And one of the premises I was thinking about is that since I heard this voice at five years old, then perhaps I was born with it. And so lo and behold, there's this research article that shows that infants as young as two months old have been shown to have intuitive physics, as they call it in the paper. Uh, And then the reason why I couldn't find a definition is I struggled with it is because one research paper showed that intuition hits the amygdala, which is the primitive part of the brain. And the only thing that that brain knows is basically binary fight or flight. And the one word things think, do. There's no capacity for language. And so that makes sense. So, this is why I couldn't find a definition uh, that was from somebody else. I had to define it. It was all based on what I think intuition is. And so that was another revelation. And then, with Dr. Rathbone, the re- neurologist, who said that it happens much earlier than we're consciously aware of it. There's one paper, research paper, that showed that intuition happens on average 10 seconds before we actually make an action or take a decision. And so now I know this thing. Another research paper shows it's subconscious in nature. And now I get it. Now I've got the art and the science part. And so now my definition is solid. And so the, the art part was these were these signals. And so what I, what I was often wondering is, why were there some signals that were different than others? Because I had a voice when I was young, but then there were these other signals when I was ignoring it. And they were all different. And so when I, I interviewed over 1,000 people to find out how the signals worked for them, and what I found is that these signals were very, very unique. And in that, there were two types of signals. There were positive signals and negative signals. The positive signals are the ones that are telling you this is the right decision to make. So when you're making a decision, it feels like for me, the dots are connecting or there's a feeling of flow, for example. Uh, But there was one CEO I interviewed and he gets this omen that shows up on the back of his right shoulder and there's no color or there's no shape. But all he knows is that when he's doing a business deal or hiring someone or talking to a vendor and there's this omen pops up, he basically says yes to what he's doing. Because that's his intuitive signal to say, yes, go ahead with that decision. And then to contrast that, it's negative intuitive signals. And obviously, these are warnings saying that you should make that decision. And so for me, it's getting that a little bit of an irritation, like something's off or I get that gut feeling. Uh, but there was one entrepreneur I was interviewing and he said, yeah, Sunil, I, mean, yeah, I I don't know what my signals are. Like nobody's ever asked me that. And if you think about it, it's not it's not, hey, listen, uh, let's go for coffee. What are your intuitive signals? I mean, that's it's not <laughs> right. something you actually ask. Right. And so he says, I've never thought about it. But as we kept talking about the failures he had in the ventures that he got into for the wrong reasons, because he wasn't interested, he went in for the money. He started grabbing his left earlobe and then 10 minutes in, he said, Sunil, I just realized what my intuitive signal is. It's my left earlobe. And he now remembers as he got into these ventures, his left earlobe got hot. As he talked to his wife about these ventures, his left earlobe kept getting hot. And so that was his intuitive signal. And so you can kind of now see the uniqueness of these signals. One of the aspects of negative intuitive signals that we have to be careful about is that they actually start very subtle in nature, like a whisper. Oprah calls it a whisper. And what happens is that you continue to ignore these signals, they get louder and louder until they tap you on the shoulder and say, listen, you can't ignore me anymore. We've all had this. If we walk into a room and you just kind of say, there's something off. Right? And sometimes it's internal thoughts. And mm-hmm. so this is where that, that's that subtle intuitive signal saying you better back away from here. There's something off in this environment that it senses that you've got to move away. And some people, the signals get so loud, like they attribute like rashes, getting to car crashes, or even taking their own life as the ultimate negative signal before they actually start trusting their intuition. And where we have to be very careful with figuring out what our inventory of signals are, because this is where we need to really spend the time is to figure out what those signals are. With negative signals, let's say you and I share a signal, which is a voice. Let's say for you, that voice, that that subtle voice is signal number one for you, which is great. And for, for, so from a negative intuitive signal perspective, whenever you hear that voice, that's your first signal saying to back away. But if I haven't done my proper homework on it, and so that voice is signal number three for me, for example, that means I've missed signal number one and signal number two. And that means I've made two bad decisions. If I've made two bad decisions then that means I could have just stubbed my toe or I could be headed towards bankruptcy. I just don't know. (laughs) And so the way that intuition functions with these signals uh, is it's kind of like a car when you drive a car. So when you drive a car, you kind of push the button or you turn the keys for the older cars and you just hear the engine whir with your signals and you drive off. You actually don't need to pop open the hood and be a mechanic. But because of my engineering kind of background, I'm a bit of a nerd to say, okay, I want to pop open the hood and kind of figure out how this thing happens. Like intuition can't be just that simple. It must be a lot more complex. And what I ended up finding out is that there are four types of intuition that all work together in a split second to help you make an intuitive decision. And it speaks to you through these signals. So the signals are the way it communicates, but the way it works is a little bit different. And the best way I can show you how that works how these actually work is, is from taking a non-believer into a believer in about an hour. So as I, to- I was telling you earlier, um, it, when you looked at at the stuff online, you talked about manifestation and voices from God and things like that. Uh, one of my colleagues, John Rothschild was someone who was, I, I wanted to get his take on it. He's been very successful as a Canadian and North American business person. Um, and um, I want to talk to him about intuition. So this is an investment banker. So, when you talk about voices from God, from somebody where Excel spreadsheets and data rules every part of his life, he's just going to say, uh, I think you're nuts, Sunil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he actually said, you know, uh, you know what? Come on down. I'll give you an hour. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't believe intuition exists. So we'll talk about it for about five minutes. And then the rest of 55 minutes, let's catch up. I haven't seen you in mm-hmm. a while. So I, I said, sure. I take my film crew down there. I turn on the camera. And so you can tell that he just doesn't get it. Uh, and so I'm actually trying to tell him about the CEO who, see, who sees omens to see, okay, here's a successful CEO. Uh, and he says, okay. and he actually says, uh, you know what, Snail, I'd like to shake the man's hand. I just, yeah, you know what, intuition, you know, any like le- decision in life is based on data, experience, you know, you're learning. And now this is where we start getting into the four types of intuition. One of the four types of intuition is called experiential intuition. And so remember, I was telling you that you're, you were born with it. What happens is, if you look at your, your brain like a, li- like a subconscious, like an iceberg, 90% is below water, 10% above water. And so what happens is your intuition is putting all these experiences every day, 6,000 when you're younger, 28 to 35,000 when you're older per day, putting all these experiences in your brain, like a library into the subconscious area, so that when it comes to time to make a decision, it plucks the relevant pieces of learning experience from the past, both good and bad, both formal and informal, as I call street, street smarts, uh, from yours and other people that you've somehow really taken uh, notice of. And so when you make a decision, it's already informed you of the decision that you need to make. And so when it gives you a signal, remember, we're at the amygdala stage. It's either fight or flight. And the flight is because a saber-toothed tiger is going to come after you. The fight means you got a signal move like just move in that direction and we'll talk about fear which grips us at that moment and I'll come back to that a little bit later so here uh, and so I'm telling John about this and and I told John that sometimes your intuition actually goes has you go against the data and he goes well that's really interesting I have an I have an experience like this so here he's talking about uh, he was in the in the business of putting franchise locations in like a McDonald's Burger King that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff And so typically a franchise location for him and his team was on a benchmarking system of zero out of 10, a nine out of 10. And they looked at demographics, development in that area, traffic patterns, all that stuff. And now we're getting to number two of four. And so there's this area of Toronto, which is really crappy. It was a dilapidated area of Toronto. His team had looked at that location and it was a five and a half out of 10, not even close to nine out of 10. Yet, he walks into this area, and we're talking about now something called situational intuition, which is number two. Him and his partner look around, and they just say, something is telling me that we should put a franchise location here. And his team was mad because they said, why? I mean, it's a five and a half out of 10. What are you doing? Yet, they put that location there. That location ended up being the first of many of one of the most successful restaurant brands under their whole portfolio called the Beer Market. Um, all because of something called situational intuition. And so now he's also starting to use the language of intuition because he's saying perhaps it was intuition. I'm not sure, but we put that location there. So I'm getting him warmed up to that. Then we start talking about team building and how intuition helps them with uh, selecting partners and franchisees and franchisors, I should say. And then um, his purpose changed. And he said that there was a time when he went from wanting to be an investment banker to actually owning a business. And now we're going to get into the third of the four called relational intuition. All of the people who were concerned with uh, money, fame, ego, uh, high-end restaurants, security, limousines, private jets, all told him he's nuts. And what relational intuition does is it filters people out who aren't in touch with what you want to do, what your purpose is. And his purpose changed. And none of those other people asked him, well, why? They just told him he's nuts. Look what you're giving up. The only one person that his relational intuition got him to think about or to pay attention to was his wife. And so he looks at his wife straight in the eyes and he says, and I'm quoting him now, this just feels right Now I've taken a non-believer to telling me what his intuitive signal is. And so the last of the four is called creative intuition. And creative intuition is the ultimate one that helps you make the decision. So if you make a decision like, what am I going to eat for lunch? Or I've got to turn left here at this this red light or the green light. Then your creative intuition is low. Those are pretty mundane decisions. But if you have a decision that is so obtuse, that so goes against what other people think, think. Like his the people that he was telling he was nuts. John was John was nuts. That's your creative intuition is high. So you would think that if John's looking to move to run a business, he would pick a some a business that has strong cash flows, good revenue stream, kind of healthy balance sheet. But his intuition picked a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. And so now he's fully using the word intuition. And he says, My intuition had me look at this tiny bankrupt little restaurant, that tiny bankrupt little restaurant ended up being Eastside Mario's location number one. And he grew that to over a thousand locations. And in 20 years, he grew that to over $2 billion in revenues, all because it felt right. And that's exactly how intuition works. So that's the power of intuition.
0: So, so there's a lot that goes in, into that. And how do you, um, you mentioned in the beginning, the deep dive, you know, in your own journey into uh, learning about intuition. How, how do we, not necessarily deep dive, but how do we tune into those four?
1: Those four types? Four types, yeah. So, so the beauty of intuition is that if you're a nerd like me and you really want to find out what those four types are, then you would just go to my blog, On on intuitionology that says, what is intuition? And there's each one has a case study of how each one works. Uh, So, experiential intuition is Terry Fallas, who submitted his self published book uh, and almost took it back. And that launched his best selling career. He is now, he became a superstar in the the Canadian literary space. Um, We have uh, the relational intuition, we have Carl Wolf music. uh, His best selling song went against all the naysayers. It's a remix of Toto's Africa. Uh, if we look at creative intuition, you've John's, John's one that I just told you. So him actually talking about that decision. Uh, and then finally, the last one is situational intuition. And this is where Danette May, uh, first of all, she didn't know she had seven bank accounts. All seven bank accounts were zeroed out by her ex. Uh, and she went home with no money. And she played a game with her kids to find whatever they could in the couches. And she found whatever money she had. And it was like not enough to even feed the kids that day. And, but she ended up, trusting your intuitive signals again and again, and she's now a multimillionaire in the health and fitness space. So those are the four types. The way that I was describing it earlier is about that car scenario. All you need to know is really how to push the button and drive the car. Mm-hmm. And so that's really getting in touch with the signals. And so what we need to do is to really take the time to get our inventory of positive signals and what our inventory of negative signals are. And then when particular with the negative signals, is to pay really close attention to what, okay, if, if I have that voice as we talk, talked about earlier, was that signal number one or signal number two or signal number four? What was the preceding decision or what was the preceding decision before that? And really drill down. So when you have that inventory of signals, whatever decision you make now is gonna come with a positive or negative signal. Obviously, if it's positive, you go ahead. If it's negative, you you have to walk away. And some people actually think that intuition leads them down the wrong path. Uh, and so I had Mark Metry on my podcast series. He's got uh, the Humans 2.0 podcast series. It's the top 100 on Apple iTunes. And he started he developed social anxiety in high school and he started to tell me about that story. And to him, you know, he was he started that story by saying intuition leads you down the wrong path and he had to continually lie and lie and lie in high school to the point where he lost who he was and he wanted to take his own life. And so he, I let him finish telling the story. And what I do is when, I, when people tell me these stories, I listen very intently to what happened. What, what, what are some of the things that either they're missing in the steps or they're actually telling me. And in Mark's case, I said, okay, but hold on, Mark. If we were to rewind the podcast and listen to the story that you just told me, one of the first things you said right after you said, intuition uh, leads me down the wrong path, one of the first things you said right after that was, "I knew I shouldn't have lied, but and then you started telling me about lying the moment that he said that he actually acknowledges that intuition was telling him not to lie in the story he's telling me in real time, and so it's not his intuition that he he uh that got him to lie. it was these something called four intuitive hurdles, and I'll get into each one, and the reason why we have these four intuitive hurdles that pummel us, that, that squash our signals, is because many of us are going around in life where we really don't trust ourselves. We look at things in the past. There's some trauma in the past that we haven't gotten rid of. That gets our emotional uh, regulations stuck in the past. Uh, we, we, we've had somebody in the past that we're trying to prove that we're better than, uh, or we're trying, to be, we're trying to help ourselves look better in society. And so when we kind of have those types of attitudes from things in the past, what happens is we're not sure of ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to have the values that really kind of move us ahead. Our values are in the hands of other people or other, or, or society, like the societal norms I came up with when it came to engineering, or the values of other people whose intentions aren't aligned with your purpose. Almost like John almost fell into when he didn't, he, he could have listened to those naysayers. And gone back to his, his old way of doing things. So when we don't have a strong sense of our own values and do the work to figure out what that is, and this some of that's the stuff that I help people with, then what we don't trust ourselves. And these four intuitive hurdles start pummeling us. And so the four intuitive hurdles are being too emotional. That's when relationships are, are big. We get way too emotional. And even though our intuition is saying, get out, we self-talk our way back in. And it's not about second chances. This is about third or fourth chances because intuition always gives a second chance being too rational. And this is where, again, where I fell into engineering, the societal norms or the East Indian norms, uh, you know, that's being way too rational, even though I ignored my, and I ignore my intuition. Um, Then there's uh, being or ego. And Mark Metry fell into this. So ego, there's two sides to ego. One is narcissism where you're full of yourself. And the other side is following the herd. And when you follow the herd in Mark's case, he kept going, uh, he kept lying to be part of this group, to be part of the popular crowd. And what happened is his values didn't, weren't in line with the values of others. And we've all have this where we, we tend to follow people or have people with us, even though we know that maybe, maybe they're popular, or maybe they have brand names, or maybe they're part of a popular clique, whatever the case is, we, we specifically know that we're following them, but we shouldn't be. And your intuition signaling that that's ego. And the last one is fear. And fear is a big one, fear of change, fear of failure, or fear of the unknown. And this is where we actually know that we need to move in a certain direction, but we don't trust ourselves to do that. So if we go back to the science of intuition, remember, it's binary. It's either there's a saber-toothed tiger coming in, or you got to make that decision because that's just going to move you towards opportunity. And so that fear is the one that keeps us stuck. But what helps us is that positive signal that's telling us we need to go. So if our intuition is giving us a signal, which is all based on past learning experience, which is all based on the situation you're in, it's all based on listening to the right people, then you need to take that step. And fear is a killer of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that stops us from moving that step. And a great story that I have is, is uh, one of David Dame. And this is someone who's had cerebral palsy all his life. He's been in a wheelchair all his life. And his dream was to simply just walk on, the, on a beach and feel the sand in his toes and walk in the ocean and just feel that water. Never been able to do that. And a couple of years ago, he had an opportunity to do that. And he had his friends wheel, uh, wheel him up to the edge of the sand water barrier there. And he stands up and he falls flat in the water. And fear starts coming in. Embarrassment starts coming in. And he says, Sunil, I have two things I can do at this moment. The first is I can succumb to my fear and sit back in that wheelchair and forever regret that I was never able to realize what my dream was and turn it into a reality. Or I can battle that, listen to my intuitive signal and take a step and listen to the next step as a signal and take another step and listen to another signal and take another step. And that's exactly what he did. He had his handlers walk him into the water and he went to up to where the water hit his chin level. He's pointing to the chin. And then that's when he turned around. And when he turned around, he hadn't realized how far he had come. And so when you go about in life, listening to those the signals uh, and take those steps in the right direction that are guided by the positive and negative signals, then you actually live in the present moment. You actually take the steps towards the, your life's goals uh, and you actually reach whatever goals or aspirations you want, driven by your values, driven by your purpose, what you are meant to do in this life. And that's how you live a life full of happiness and success.
0: I uh, I one of the something I listen to on, on YouTube, Evan Carmichael always talks about um, you know, his his gut uh you know yes. fear, um, or I'm afraid I'm you know, I'm he's got three different terms. He's like, that means I know I need to go do this and like, just get out and take action and do it. And I'm trying to tune into that myself these days. I think you're, I think the, uh, and for me, I think fear definitely shuts things down along with all the the other four that you talked about, but, you know, um, and, am and, and I think it stops us in our tracks from, from, you know, trying something new or, you know, experiencing something that, you may not have that will lead you in a whole different direction. And, you know, uh, with my the population that I work with, you know, or just just trying to to move beyond. I think f- like in well, so I work with a lot of people in pain and fear that they're always going to be in pain and stops them from taking that next step to like, well, maybe if I try this one thing and even though it might hurt, it's still going to let me do something better in the future. And I think, I think tuning into that is that I think it's hard and it's easy to to succumb to that fear you know
1: yeah and I I think when we say it's hard I think we make it hard Uh, Mm -hmm. and one of the things I say even from a neurological perspective if you look at research on brain plasticity or the ability to move your neurons around so that you can do things uh, fear is actually our best friend uh, and when we find that the uncomfortable nature or when we know we have to move into an area that where it's uncomfortable and our positive intuitive signal saying move <clears throat> what's happening in your in your brain is that neurons are actually getting ready to rewire uh, and to say oh wow this is something new uncomfortable in a good way uh, and you just when you start moving in that direction then the neurons are ready to create new neural pathways When we stop ourselves, the neurons just go back to the old way of doing things, the old habits. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I do in the seven day challenge, so people go to intuitionology.com and I'll give you a link as well for for your stuff, your people. But when you go to the seven day challenge, um, in seven days, essentially what you do is you identify a problem. I give you a downloadable PDF worksheet that you can fill in or write in. It's up to you. And you identify a problem. And then what I do is I get you to take your uh, inventory of your positive and negative intuitive signals. And well, first it's negative signals. Figure out what your negative signals are uh, and do that inventory first. It's very, very important you do that first. And that's by looking at what didn't work in the past with that problem, one problem only. And now you've got your negative signals. Then you actually put yourself in an area where you can actually think clearly and this will be important for you. So if you're looking to... Uh, figure out okay, what is this? Am I making the right decision? Go to an area where you can really kind of cut out the noise and think about that particular decision. And so for me, for example, it could be in the shower, uh, driving long distances, or in some cases, I rent a room overlooking Niagara Falls, uh, and I just oh, it like <laughs> it just think things just peel off, and then my intuitive decisions start coming, the signals start coming, and they're very clear because and I can even have my kids running around in the background behind me screaming but I'm so tuned out that uh, I'm just making strategic decisions, decisions with people in my life. Um, It's very clear. So you have to figure out what that is for you. And there can be a number of them and they can be very, very specific. So when you put yourself in that kind of an environment, then what you do with that same problem is think, okay, this is my plan. And you put the steps down. And the reason why you had to look at your negative signals first is that when you have a step, that is not, maybe you're trying to force a step in because you think it's the right one. And a negative signal comes and says, ah, ah, that's not Mm -hmm. a step you should be putting in. Then you take it out. And so when you're left with positive negative signals on this plan you have now, you know how to, how to solve that problem. And then you filter the people to figure out, okay, who's the person that's going to solve that problem for me? Do I have to change my environment? Uh, And then you take action. And in seven days, I actually measure the, um, the strength of your intuition. Uh, and I've had now close to 55,000 people now through the seven day challenge. 100% of the time, they've increased their intuitive strength. And on top of that, I have two people that actually go through each of the tasks with you. Uh, and one is uh, someone who actually sold his house in those seven days, he started off in day one with minus 20,000. That uh, one real estate person was trying to force him to sell for under twenty thousand under asking, and he said before it, this this challenge, he would have said yes for sure. He was a pushover, uh, and then day seven, he actually had a bidding war, and he had fifty thousand. He settled on fifty thousand dollars over asking price, and that was a seventy thousand dollar decision. Um, and so that's pretty good ten thousand dollars a day. Um, But the second person is someone who was witness to a homicide. She actually walked into the apartment where her boyfriend had just murdered one of their friends in the bathtub. Uh, He he closed the door behind her, locked it, uh, put a knife to her back and said, "Uh, I might as well, I'm going for one murder, might as well make it two, you're next. And her intuition had to really calm him down. This is where relational intuition really comes in and watch regulate him and his emotions. Um, She ended up getting choked assaulted. Um, He was asked, asked her to clean the blood, which she said, no. And then there was an intuitive moment that got her to find a way to run. And she ran, unlocked the doors and she went down 18 flights of stairs and she was able to live obviously. Uh, But she used the seven day challenge to uh, the problem she had is this PTSD, depression, anxiety that she needed to minimize. It's not my seven day challenge. Not going to, I mean, I I'd love for it to get rid of it, but it was for her. How did she cope? And so what she finds out in the end of the seven days is that she can actually go back to the gym to find out that intuitive medium I called, where do you find to really kind of cut out the noise? And she finds out that she was in the gym before she needs to go back to the gym to really just emotionally regulate. Um, And then she started to learn how to trust people. So if people like john and Ashley can go through and find a solution to a problem in seven days, which is free, by the way, um, and they have a PDF worksheet, then they can absolutely solve a problem. And now they have a template for life that they can download. And for any problem that comes up, they can go through the same exact same exercise, uh, continue. And they don't have to worry about who I am uh, or diving more deep. I mean, I'd love for them to dive deeper into my work and some of the blogs and content I put out for sure. But even if they don't want to do that and they just want to work on themselves and here's a problem, take that spreadsheet or that, that fillable worksheet and run. It's yours for life. And they they get a free copy of the ebook as well as a reference. So, uh, those are the tools I have for them.
0: That's awesome. Um, The the challenge sounds, uh, I I like the tangible aspects of it um, because I think it's, I think so often we say, like, sit down, meditate, think about it, and let things go, you know, and then, like, you know, your head goes off into, elsewhere and you know yes. what, what am I forgetting to do today um you know and but having something that you can sit down and like take those steps and like start to plan where is your space that you can find um the calm to be able to tune in
1: yep. um, is, yeah yeah uh, I mean, it's, it's helped people hire marketing people it's had people find out find out business strategies help people filter their relationships out it's helped people find out how do I work with blended families uh you know you know so there's like everything you can imagine under the sun uh, has been, has been looked at whatever problem from, uh, you know, 55,000 people, you're going to get a lot of different problems that are going to be solved. Okay. Uh, and the big thing is the action part. And so once you've done the seven day challenge, you need to continue to listen to those signals for that particular issue. Uh, and, and, and people fall off. I had a, I had a boxer who went through the challenge and there's a boot camp that, that I had and one, uh, you know, with a group, group coaching, he even went through that uh, and, Um, and then I remember I was walking around Costco with my wife doing some shopping and there was a text message that came from him. And he basically says, your bleep works. And, uh, I said, even though, uh, I I was talking to someone, uh, I I took the challenge. I took your bootcamp and I knew that someone was trying to scam me and he still fell for it, even though he knew, he knew his intuition told him, don't do it. And he lost $2,000. And then there were lots of bleeps after that in the text. Uh, and then he says, "When's the next uh, coaching session?" Um, and I said, "Well, let me take a look at my schedule." And then we had to—I had to basically take him back to those signals again uh, and to trust them, right? Because he—this he, is the, he knew right away. But somebody was a—even though you, you could have a, a good smooth talker and what have you—but those signals know there's something off here. And what you need to do is just back away, not. Do any what ifs? Who cares about the what ifs? Uh, and I think some people are giving the benefit of the doubt when they shouldn't. Um, and social media is uh, full of this stuff, right? So really great memes and themes on there, but you know, and it engages curiosity, but you don't really deepen that relationship. And intuition is really about authentic two-way uh, relationship, right? And it's a two-way street. So as much as your intuition is looking at me, my intuition is looking at you. So I can be the, the, a great salesperson. This happens in business. Right. So you can have a great town hall meeting and your CEO or manager can say something really eloquent. But then when you're when he's not looking or she's not looking and you are and your intuition sees that, you know, somebody's not walking the talk, uh, then you have a problem. Right. And so and there was one person actually that, you know, people talk about intuition like this word gets thrown out a lot. I'm trusting my gut. Um, and, And it's because if you look at now the research I've done and the complexity of it, People don't really realize what they're talking about, not in a bad way. It's just that nobody's really uncovered a lot of the stuff I've uncovered. Uh, and it's, this is not proprietary to me. I mean, this, you're born with it. It's your signals. Mm-hmm. It's your experiences. I'm just shining a light. And one of the people I met was a person by his name is Hal Eisberg. So Hal was in the mindset space. And I was an intuition, so natural, there's a natural intersection. So he loved this, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I trust my gut. And he says, he usually say, I, I trust my intuition all the time. Uh, and, and I said, great, you know, I mean, I don't know how. I've never asked him. Uh, and then he saw me speak. And he said, wow, I didn't realize that there were like signals. And I didn't realize there are four types of intuition in these hurdles. Like He had no clue. And soon after, maybe six months after, we, uh, he had seen me speak, maybe a year, he one of his intuitive signals came through and he developed a bit of a cough and his, his signals, his intuition was saying, go to the hospital. Uh, and now he recognizes it as a signal. And he says, ah, yeah, you know what? That's yeah, just a cough. You know, I'll just, ah, got work to do. That cough developed further and he ended up going to the, to the New York hospital and found out that he had COVID-19. And he was actually fighting for his breath. And he said, the moment, Sunil, that I knew what intuition was that cemented it for me, was that he got to a life or death moment where he actually wanted to die. That's how bad it was. He did not want to live anymore. But the signal was so strong that came and said, you are not done. Your voice needs to be heard. Your work is amazing. He was doing some amazing stuff in the education system in New York with the kids and bringing a lot of this self-awareness to the kids, which they don't have down there. And he affected something like 100,000 kids. So, and and so this, this intuition says, you need, you need to keep going. Your voice needs to be heard. Keep moving. And it pulled him out of that thinking. And he instantly knew what intuition was. Five days later, he comes out of the hospital. I'm one of the first ones he tells at length about what had happened in a very honest way. Uh, and uh, he was actually my very first podcast guest for my podcast interview. That's a, what a way to, to launch my podcast yeah, interview yeah. series. And what he was saying is that he said, Sunil, I talked about, trusting my intuition. And I never lived it. I was telling my team to do one thing. And I said, I would do something else. I would talk about it, but I knew I wasn't honoring it. Uh, and he says, now I, now when I look back, yeah, I had no clue about what intuition was until now. And so now he's, he's taking the steps to talk uh, every single day to listen to the signals. And when he gets one, he trusts it. And he's now really moving forward. He's accelerated his success. Um, more so with that clearer vision of what intuition is, and now his his goals are becoming a lot more cemented over time
0: do you think that um, so in the in the physical therapy world we we have shifted everything to evidence based and which is excellent because it's giving us more feedback and more you know what works and what doesn't work and but I also go back to well, I've been working for 30 years and there's been some things that actually are not proven to work but do work and so I struggle sometimes like do I trust my intuition and just go with this which I tend to do when I'm treating somebody or ignore it <laughs> and um, uh, I think in a personal level I tend to ignore stuff that my you know my intuitions telling me or my guts telling me um, yeah. you know, why do we do that like is it because of the the four you know because we're afraid because of ego because of um, you know, or, or is there other, are we just conditioned to only follow what the norm is?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah, and and so if you look at the neurologist, for example, um, one of the things he said in, the, in that interview with me was that uh, sometimes his patients will come, most often his patients will come and say, there's something that's, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And he has to use evidence, evidence-based medicine. Uh, he trusts, every single time a patient says that he trusts them, that they know themselves better than anybody, so he has to use evidence-based medicine to figure out what that is, uh, and so you can kind of do that. If there are techniques that haven't been proven, it's just that the research hasn't been there yet. So, for example, in the in the study that I looked at that said that re, uh, intuition acts on average seven to ten seconds before uh, it actually ha- we're actually consciously aware of it, uh, that was a study done in I think in two thousand eight or nine. Uh, And neuroscience, and that's published. Neuroscience Mm -hmm. research that's about to be published, so it's coming out of the University of Toronto, um, has shown that the amygdala or intuition acts 23 seconds before we actually realize it consciously. And that's not published yet. So the the science and the research capability has evolved over the years where now we can say that. And that's why there's a lot more in the last 20 years of it. The research on intuition has just gotten accelerated. But if you look 20 years before that, and people talk about intuition and say, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and so you have to trust in your knowledge and your, and don't forget intuition, a huge part of it is the experience and learning. So when you get that gut feeling, you're not plucking something up. You're not taking, rolling the dice. You're not taking a, you know a chance. You've got that training and experience saying, I, I think it's this, but I, I really think this is something else. Uh, and when you kind of go down that path, you fix it. And then you get, obviously you get the confidence that, you know, there's that sort of the dopamine hit as well, yeah. but you should, you should already have the confidence knowing that your signal saying, no, 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 This is something wrong. This is what you should do. And so for you particularly, it's really working on that, that fear or that self-doubt um, to trust that signal to move ahead. Uh, and the more you do that, then your self-doubt and fear kind of really kind of gets suppressed very quickly. Uh, and even more so when you when you know people like you and me are talking, because now here's some direct scientific evidence to show that, yeah, what you're doing makes sense. And if there are other people that don't understand it, too bad for them, right? Because this is your signals, it's your path. They may not be at a place where they're listening to their signals, their values have changed. You, you don't need to worry about them. That's their path they're on, and unfortunately, and that's what happens with relationships. Relationships sometimes is it, some people because some cases people know right away this was not the right person for me, but uh, the wedding invitations went out or I've already sunk my time in or whatever the case is, uh, you talk yourself back into the relationship yet they know from day one. Uh, other times, everything's really great, but something happens in the lives of your partner and he or she changes. He or her, his or her values change to the point where now that it's going against your values and that's when your intuition is going to start signaling, something's wrong here uh, and you need to kind of move away. And remember, intuition's already given second chances you're giving them third and fourth chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a great example is, is uh, Sarah Prout. Sarah was in a uh, 10-year uh, marriage, 40 years of really bad physical abuse. Uh, and she, this is December 31st, I believe, of 2016. She finally goes outside and she looks at the stars and she gets this, this strong intuitive signal, leave now. And this, she had it. This was it. And it, she knew that it was about uh, over a movie. Uh, there was going to be, what What movie do you want, want to watch? And she knew that if that argument went further, that she would, would it would not turn out well. And that's why she needed to walk out. Uh, and she walked out. She was on welfare. She had, was actually $30,000 in debt. And she had two kids to feed. And she had no clue where her life was. She didn't have a house. She was homeless. She was picking up furniture on the side of the roads. She was actually going into public washrooms to bring soap pieces together and so that her kids can sleep or shower, um, beans and rice or beans and and bread for days. Um, but she trusted a signal and she kept trusting that signal day in and day out, day in and day out. And, um, eventually she meets the love of her life on Twitter. Uh, a year later, they decide to try and get together, see if it works. They're perfect for each other. They get married. And six and a half years later, she opens up a business on manifestation. Uh, and she is now a multimillionaire in that space. Um, and so it's not about the money,
0: right.
1: uh, it's about the opportunity, yeah. it's about the success, and it's about even in the darkest of times, which you think is dark, your intuition is always shining a light, you just don't look up, we're all looking down at the slippery slope, when we forget to look up at this light, and it's your light, it's your signals, it has nothing to do with me, it has nothing to do with some proprietary scientific study, this is something you're born with, so everything is about you. And so, when you're looking up at the light, these are your intuitive signals saying, "This is the path to get out. You just got to put the hand out there, trust the signal, and pull yourself out." Uh, and remember, failure is your best friend. So, if it doesn't, if if you failed at something, you made a bad decision. Okay, you can look at it two ways. One is you can woe is me, or two is wow. Okay, now what are the signals that I need to know so I never repeat this again? And you keep adding to that inventory of signals. Uh, so never look at where you are as a bad thing because all those experiences have helped your intuition build a solid way for you to find the path of success today. And so that's what you got to do. So don't look at what was me, where I could have been. That's all sunk cost stuff. And the thing with making a bad decision is is twice as much, right? And so if you look at Vin Jang, for example, Vin Jang has been on, he sees 100,000 people a year, 80 stages around the world, living the high life, for other people. And he came to a crap place. He actually goes away for six months. Uh, Sorry, he goes away to New Zealand and he writes his values on the wall. And they're all values that other people want. He redoes it, resets his values, and he's ready. And he falls back to the old way of lifestyle. You know, wrong crowd, uh, extrinsic motivation, money, fame, high rise in downtown LA. And he lost six months of his life and he had to reset. Uh, And one of the things I told him is this thing called opportunity cost. So I told Vin, it's not just the six months that you lost, uh, going back. It's also the six months that you could have gained by doing something the right way. So it's actually two times the cost. So you've actually lost a full year of your life. And if you're in the business of helping people, which he does a hundred thousand people a year, how many people did you leave behind? How many people did you not help? And, uh, he said i've never thought about it that like that and so when you live your life with purpose and strong int- and listening to your intuitive signals people other people are going to look at you and then you bring those people around you and those are the people you help through you as an example and so when you don't how many of your friends do you leave behind how many of your family members do you leave behind and those that complain you leave them behind because that's their path they need to figure out that's not part of them that that's not they're, it's not your responsibility to get dragged down by them your responsibility is to move your life forward guided okay. by those intuitive signals
0: this uh, I have chills as we're talking so because <laughs> so something's kicking in there for me Excellent. Um, I love it um, i I really uh, connect with like I'm intrigued by neuroplasticity I'm intrigued by uh, and I tell my I don't think I explain it well yet but I you know, talk to my clients all the time about learning from failure, and yep. and I talk about it in a physical sense of you know, if you lose your balance, like it's just your brain learning a new space to be able to self correct. But it applies obviously across the board. Um, and I and physics is proving that, or I, I call it physics, but science is proving you know, intuition, manifestation, law of attraction. Like it's it's not just out here you know crazy people talking it's actually real physics and it's a real
1: it's yes. real,
0: it's real science and yep. um and we need and starting to connect all that and 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 allow that allow our intuition to, to accept that or yeah and, you know, and it all depends or, on how far all. you want
1: to take it right so i mean some people you can get into quantum mechanics you can get into you know energy energy and all that stuff and you can take it to the manifestation end Or you can be like John Rothschild where John says, yeah, it's about the experience and learning and intuition is about that and signals. Okay. For him, that that's how he understands it. You take it to the level you want. I I really don't care. And neither should you, if you think manifestation works or or, great, you do. Uh, But the main thing is when you trust your intuitive signals, that stuff happens, whether you define it as manifestation or not, when you dream of something and it happens. I mean, I've got people who actually, You know, right down to the uh, what number they want, what they want to have, where they want to have their business, and a year later, bang on. How, right? And so, how can that happen? So, and if you don't believe that, okay, then don't worry about that. Don't ask that question. Just trust your signals and start opening up the doors of opportunity. I mean, it's just that simple.
0: Yeah, this is uh, this is fascinating to me, and um, I'm excited to to dive in a little bit more um, as we go forward. so can, can you uh, leave us a simple, which is probably the 400-page uh, tip for people to try at home? <laughs> yeah.
1: So the simplest thing you can do right after listening to this, and you've probably already started doing this as we're talking and reflecting, is that you get a piece of paper and you write down what your good, the, the good decisions you had that made in the past and the bad decisions. And all you need to do is spend the time to, and again, maybe it's in the shower, you're thinking about this before you go to bed, driving along, whatever it is for you. What are the signals that you're getting? And you can start this today and you've probably already felt it by looking back at the bad decisions you made and how it felt in the moment as I'm talking. So you've already got some inventory of signals that you're already thinking about while we've been on this podcast interview. And the more, and you keep spending time doing that. When you build up your inventory of positive and negative signals today, every decision you're going to have is going to be met with a signal. Uh, and and if you make a bad decision, then you didn't do enough homework or you've discovered another signal that you didn't take into account. And then maybe that's going to trigger, oh, yeah, well, that signal came here, here and here. So it's all just looking in the past to get your inventory of signals. And then once you got that inventory of signals, uh, you're golden. Every decision you make will ha- will be a signal, every decision. Uh, and so that's how you make every decision, the right one, in any situation that you find yourself in, in every situation area of your life. And if you want to take that further to solve a problem, I mentioned the seven day challenge. I'll give you uh, a link to uh, you and your, your followers there. Um, And uh, so then you can take those signals and let's look at one particular problem and let's measure my intuition and let's find a solution to that problem. And then let's do it again. And let's do it again. And let's continue to do this in whatever area of your life. And now all you can see is just nothing but success, wherever you are, wherever you are, Uh, I've had people who did this who are close to being homeless, uh, bankrupt. Um, Ashley Michelle, right. uh, With, uh, you know, PTSD trauma. She couldn't, she has five locks on her door and she can't go out. She's taking the seven day challenge and she's finally unlocking the doors. Uh, I I mean, uh, the effect to your life in however small way or big way is amazing. And that's what I want you guys to all experience.
0: Awesome. That's a great, great advice. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here. Um, so where can people reach you if uh, they want to connect more? Um, and I will put, you know, I, I, the, the website and all the information in, in the show notes, but where can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. Intuitionology.com. There's the podcast series there. Intuitionology.com forward slash podcast. I'm on all the Apple, Spotify, Deezer, all the big uh, buttons. You can subscribe there. Uh, there's LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Instagram, uh, and of course, um uh, Facebook, uh, I'm going to try TikTok. Uh, I'm not going to be dancing because if I dance, I know, people, I their intuitive signal will say, uh, shut that off. I know. Uh, so, uh, but I'll be, be getting sort of nuggets of wisdom there coming up starting next week, where I'm moving now, moving more into a, a push of uh, knowledge creation and, uh, and stuff. But yeah, anywhere there, you can send me a DM and happy to answer any questions
0: awesome don't don't shy away from tip from the dance on tiktok sometimes it's it's just it's it makes if it makes you happy and gets you it's fun yeah i'll just have to know. take a look
1: at my daughters and say oh my god it yeah. goes bad. Yeah. Oh.
0: so now you can do a duet with your daughter too it's, yeah. I
1: ha- i've actually done a yeah. duet yeah awesome. i have done a duet with a couple of them and, and they really like they, they've kind of uh, loved the, the the conservative nature of what i'm doing so that's good yeah it's
0: fine <laughs> that's good good good, good for you. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here, Samuel. I, I no appreciate it. It's been a, it's been awesome uh, connecting and learning what you do and uh, learning about you. And and um, I'm it, it's it, it's an area that resonates with me Fantastic. strongly. So um, I really appreciate it.
1: That's great. Thanks, Laura.
0: Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Have a great day. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Move Better at Home podcast. If you're having difficulty managing your health and fitness at home and want to learn more then follow the link below to download my free guide to health and fitness and take the first step in helping you to achieve your health and fitness goals at home. Have a great day.